You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 83. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the show. For today's episode, I'm really excited to introduce our guest. I had the pleasure to sit down and chat with Lucia Clemenson, who is a horse trainer and a Western fashion influencer, and she is making big waves in the Western fashion industry and just the Western industry in general. She's a multi-passionate entrepreneur and the perfect combo of poise and strength, and I had such a blast getting to hear more about her story and what brought her to be where she is today, and I know you guys are going to as well. We talk about everything from her horse training business to getting into the Western fashion space, all the challenges and things that she's experienced along the way, things she's overcome, things she's done well, and everything in between. So if you guys are ready to learn from this powerhouse of an awesome boss babe, then keep on listening. Hey there, my name is Sarah Elrod, and you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, where we talk about marketing, social media, branding, content creation, Western lifestyle, and so much more. We believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots. I'm a cowgirl turned full-time entrepreneur. I've done everything from wedding photography to horse training, business coaching, and more. My mission is to help other Western women and men grow thriving businesses so that they can live out that small town dream life that they love while achieving bigger goals than they ever could have imagined. If you're ready to put in the work, grow your business, grow your brand, and enjoy the little things in life, and of course, get a little rowdy too, then you are in the right place, my friend. Let's do this. Well, for anybody who is listening and who isn't aware of you or doesn't know you, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. So my name is Lucia Clementson, and so I am a horse trainer now for 12 years, and I also do a little bit of like Western fashion influencing, kind of something that was just a passion and um, is slowly starting to become a second business. It wasn't necessarily what I planned. Cool. Yeah. So I know, yeah, you, you do kind of like a lot of things and like two kind of different things, but within the same industry. So I, I, I think that's so interesting. And, um, I kind of want to like dive into both of those things, um, separately just to talk about like how you got into those. And, and, um, like, I know you said you've been doing horse training for like 12 years now. Um, when did that start for you? Has that always been something you knew you were going to do, or was that something that kind of just fell into your lap or, or what got you started into the horse training world? Really? I feel like it's something that I always wanted to do. Um, and I mean, I, I was interning for other trainers since I was probably 12 years old, 12 or 13 years old. And so I, at the time I was sacrificing every summer working for a certain trainer. I was always out there riding. Um, And then by the time I graduated high school, I went to college and actually when I was in college, my grades were not very good. And honestly, all I could think of was just training horses. Like I just wanted to do something involved with riding. and so when I was in college, I was offered to a job training Western pleasure horses of all things. And, um, and I was taking a huge pay cut from my current job, but I didn't care. I just, I just wanted to just kind of dive in. And so that was my first job getting into doing this on my own. And I worked there for a few months, but 
unfortunately it, it fell through and that was actually my inspiration to start my own business. So I started in 2010. So I was what, 21 years old at the time. And so I decided to start my own business and just went from there. That's so awesome. So when you were, I mean, what kind of led you to deciding to start your own business instead of working for somebody else or under a different trainer? Like what, I mean, was it just, you just wanted to work for yourself or what kind of like pulled you in that direction? Honestly, I always wanted to work for myself and I'll be honest, like I can be a very professional person, but I also have my opinions. And so I've been fired a couple of times in the past (laughs) due to my opinions. So I think I was always destined to be like, the boss babe or something like that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, no, it's just kind of, and I think a little bit is just, that's just my personality. Um, I just really enjoy working for myself, even if that means I have to work twice as hard to get there. Um, it it just doesn't bother me, but I just, I I think it's something that you kind of, you just kind of have to have that personality, I suppose. And so it just really called to me. Was it hard getting started in your own business? Was it hard finding clients or did you feel like that came pretty easily? Oh no, it was definitely a struggle. I I'm pretty sure I didn't eat for four years. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, when I first started, I, at the time I thought, oh yeah, you know, because I had already worked for a trainer that went to the Olympics twice for eventing. Like I had a pretty extensive resume by the time I graduated high school and getting and by the time I was 21, I had quite a good, strong resume as far as just riding horses and just a lot of experience between green horses and and riding finished horses as well. Um, But still, it was definitely a struggle. And I had to work a couple different jobs. So even though I opened my business in 2010, I still had to work. Mm-hmm. another job to support that. And so I was, I think I went three, almost three years of, I was actually a dental assistant. And so I actually did the whole braces deal and uh, it worked out pretty well because, you know, you only worked Monday through Thursday and then you had Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And so usually I just take Monday, Tuesday off from the horses. And so only Wednesday and Thursday was my super busy days that when I got off work, I went and trained horses. And so for those first few years, I did not have a day off. I I literally just worked. And basically, um, I think when I had about almost a three month waiting list, because I could only take uh, just like maybe like two, three horses Mm -hmm. at the time while working my main job. By the time I got backed out so far, I decided to just go ahead and just make the jump for it and see what happens. And I haven't worked for somebody else ever since. Wow. That's (laughs) so, yeah. Yeah. Was it just kind of word of mouth? Um, Like, how did you get to the point where you were having people on a wait list? I mean, was it just people would share that? they liked working with you and it would go from there? Or was there anything you were doing in particular to help that grow? Or, or what do you feel like was kind of the, the helpful hand in all of that? At the time, I'd say word of mouth um, because I ended up 
moving back to where I grew up as a kid, a kid. So, I mean, everyone in the horse community knew who I was since I did so much extensive showing like in 4-H and then I moved on to bigger things. So people knew about that um, because when I first opened my business, you know, Facebook was a thing, but it's not like how it was today. I feel like if, if you're you're pretty handy with what you're doing. I feel like it's easier to do it now than it was 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it definitely was a little bit of a slower process versus like, for example, now how I kind of market myself, it's much easier to keep myself really busy with, with my main business. Yeah. And do you, what kind of horse training do you like specialize in now? Cause I know you said you were doing like in the very beginning, you were doing like Western pleasure stuff. Do you do like, do you have some sort of thing that you focus on mostly? Um, I kind of, it depends. I mean, my business is mainly known for cult starting because if you want to be a horse trainer, you kind of have to start from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a horse that needs started under saddle. Mm -hmm. Um, so mainly cult starting and refinement. And I also, um, I'm starting to ride and compete and rank cow horse. And so I'm definitely interested in taking on more cow horse prospects mm -hmm. and kind of go that, that direction. But I'm always going to be like your local cult starter. And to be honest, like I, I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I think it's fun. And I've been doing it for so long that, you know, it's not really a mystery anymore if the horse is ready to swing leg over or not versus back then. Yeah. What would you say were some of the, like, maybe when you first got started in your business, like, did you go through any learning curves or struggles rather just working with the horses in general, or were there any like naysayers you had that made you feel like maybe you shouldn't be doing it? Like, did you ever deal with like imposter syndrome or anything like that? Oh, all the time. And, you know, and even now I, I sometimes will, will get that. Um, you know, when I first started, I was taken on the 30 day cult start and that's kind of a rule of thumb is don't do that. <laughs> but you know, at that time you got to start somewhere and yeah. you know, all you're, you're doing it with that sort of timeline is you're just flooding the information and it's not, the horse can handle it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right way to go about things. Mm -hmm. um, and so meaning clients expectations sometimes, um, you know, people, I mean, there's definitely people that felt that I, that I did them wrong, but the thing is, is that, um, you know, I always, I always tell people all the time, if I kind of get those sort of phone calls that, you know, it's pretty rude of you to think you could hire me to confirm if your horse is rideable or not, like give me the time for it. Or I just, I just don't want, I just don't want to mess with that. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was definitely a struggle transitioning to that, but it's been a few years now that, I mean, I, I feel extremely blessed that my clients, they know where I stand. And especially since I'm constantly posting videos on my Facebook page for my horse training business, mm -hmm. um, when I get phone calls now, 
I, I don't even talk to these potential clients, but they all, they already talk to me. Like we already know each other because they've been watching my page for a few years. Yeah. And so the understanding is already there. And so, um, yeah, no, I, it's, it's nice that now I could look at my barn and say, you know what, I could just come out here stress-free and just do my job. And I don't have to worry about hitting deadlines because I've just, I, I just, I don't want those. I just don't want that on my plate. Yeah. That's actually such an important point. I feel like you brought up in just for business in general, like that you've established this really unique and, and I guess, well thought out brand to where, like you said, when people call you, they feel like they already know you, they're talking to you, like, you know, they know all this stuff Mm -hmm. about you. They kind of have an expectation already. And I think that's so good to have as a business owner of any kind, just because of that reason, like now you are confident in what you're doing and, and you can trust that, you know, the people you're working with understand that you are the expert in this industry, like, you know what you're doing and, and it just sets up such a great relationship. Um, so I think you, you've done really good job at, at that, um, on, on both pages really that you run, but definitely specifically that your horse training business, since we're talking about it right now, but, you know, do you feel like you intentionally went into that a certain way or it just kind of happened like running your page like that? Do you feel like you just decided I'm just going to start sharing a bunch of stuff and it turned into this or was that more of an intentional decision or, or what kind of led you to that? Um, it kind of was something that I didn't necessarily plan on that. Originally I was sharing videos and photos because most of my clientele is a minimum two to six hours away from me. So they can't come and check up on their horse all the time, like on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. And so that was the main focus. And I was also doing it too, because when my client sees those videos online, they kind of have an understanding of where their horse is at. And when they sign their horse up for training, we have a projected timeline that we are hoping this horse will attain to this certain level and progression by this time. But we also know that that time could kind of vary as I dive into their horse. Mm-hmm. And so when they see those videos, they could already kind of see like, okay, probably going to have a conversation with Lucia. Okay, my horse is going to be, be ready for me to pick up this horse at this time, or we need to extend it out another month or two. Mm-hmm. And so that definitely helps. And with the whole video thing too, because my page has grown so much recently in the last couple of weeks for some reason that Mm -hmm. I sometimes will share videos to the client only because you know some things that we do with horses um for example it could be something as simple as like hobbling a horse Mm -hmm. it's kind of common knowledge that's a good skill for a horse to have yeah but I try to also make sure I'm not posting stuff that is like bringing like inviting negativity, even though it's not a negative thing, but that's also what I'm starting to experience with my, with my page is that sometimes I go through phases where I'll only post certain stuff. Cause it's like, okay, I've only, I've already received so many kind of ridiculous comments. So I'm going to skip a couple of weeks because even though it doesn't bother me anymore, 
it's still annoying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I kind of give myself a little bit of those grace periods also, because over time that can kind of wear on you. And so that's kind of just part of me almost like protecting myself. And so recently, uh, for some reason, I just have a couple of tough horses right now mm-hmm. and it doesn't bother me and their progression, but, um, you know, I'll just, I'll share them with just with the client directly. And so that's something that, you know, it's okay to have just our own private conversations and not the entire world needs to be invited to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, you see it in so many industries, but especially in an industry like this, like, I could imagine there are just so many people that have so many opinions and thoughts on what's right and what's wrong and, and all of that. And I mean, I specifically remember that one video you posted where you were in like the round pin and you got the rope caught up under your leg and it like knocked you over. And I just kept thinking to myself, I've been in that situation so many times. I literally like that has happened to me more times than I'd probably care to admit. And I just remember like all the comments I remember scrolling through and all the haters talking about how unsafe it is, (laughs) all this stuff. And uh, I can imagine. Right. Right. And it's so funny because actually now that you say it, I have a video of that exact same video, but it was before the horse um, knocked me, knocked me over. And all I was trying to do is just get him yielding in the ribcage because he's extremely bracy horse. And it's so funny because no one has any idea of what's going on. And I saw this comment yesterday and he said that Dale Brisby is a better horseman than me. (laughs) I just thought that was hilarious. (laughs) I could almost be on a t-shirt. <laughs> right? Maybe you should make a t-shirt. Dale Bruce is a better horse trainer than me. <laughs> so I will say that sometimes when I think of really good ideas for reels or something, it's usually the the haters that give me the most inspiration. Oh, <laughs> so thank yeah. you. Oh yeah. It's it's a good time. <laughs> But it's true. I mean, it's like, you know, we can laugh at them and some of them are just ridiculous and funny, but it does, it gets hard. Like, you know, if you get enough of them, it definitely can weigh on you. So I think it's good, like you said, to kind of, sometimes you need that break or, or whatever it might Mm -hmm. be. I could imagine it probably goes across both of your platforms from horse training to the fashion side of things. I'm sure, you know, you get it on both sides. I think it's just kind of a standard thing. Maybe not as much. I don't know, but I could imagine it's, it's live and well in both industries. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I feel like it's something that for some reason, it's just something you have to deal with because, um, I just think it's interesting because with the, the, the same video that I mentioned, I was wondering why is it trending on Facebook? Cause I almost have, I have what it has reached 1.5 million people. The last time I checked it. Yes. Last night. On and I thought, why? Yeah, out of Facebook of all in this video, I posted it three months ago. Wow. Because it was just a progress. It was just a progress report. It wasn't actually me falling over and looking like a retard. And, <laughs> and I thought, why is it trending? And I know and now and I think what it is, is because so many people keep commenting on it, even though I kind of keep going through and just deleting it because I just don't I don't need like my followers trying to defend me when it really doesn't matter in the first place. Yeah, but and it kind of made me wonder, like, you know, we it's something that social media platforms maybe need to kind of assess themselves because 
if something is, even though it's getting engagement, it's not positive engagement. Mm. And the thing is about engagement is happy people don't comment on things. (laughs) Negative people, unhappy people definitely comment and they want to shout from the rooftops their opinion. Or it could be the highly inspired person that may comment and say, oh my gosh, like this is brilliant, something like that. But people that are mainly like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Usually they don't really comment or, you know, or if they want to support you that for, to increase your engagement, they just put an emoji. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know. laughs> no, I mean, so. that's a good point. It, it's true though. I mean, it's, it's like, Oftentimes when people agree with something, we don't always, you know, unless it's like really passionate, you know, most of the time you just smile and nod and keep scrolling. You don't usually, you know, have much exactly. to say about it, but yeah, you're right. The the people that have to share their opinions because they don't agree with what you did. Oh man. They come out with claws. <laughs> right. Right. Oh man. Yeah. So how, cause you're, so you're a mom. And mm-hmm. how has that affected horse training or has it, I mean, has there been like a shift in going from having, you know, all the time in the world to, you know, now you're trying to balance being a mom and the, you know, Western influencing. Well, first of all, um, there's no balance in anything in life. You just kind of <laughs> keep changing the balance when you notice that, you know, that one is favoring the other. Um, I definitely utilize daycare and I don't feel bad about it because my kids get to socialize with other kids. And, um, and so by the time that they're at school age, it's going, it's going to, it's going to benefit them. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, and it can be kind of difficult because, um, so my oldest is seven years old and I also have a stepdaughter. She's seven. And so it's one of those shared custody sort of deal. Mm-hmm. And then my youngest too, I have one, he's going to be three at the end of the month. And then um, my youngest is eight months old mm-hmm. and they're with me full time. And so, yeah, so I'm doing the whole daycare thing. And then every other weekend it's, you know, it's, it's picking them up spending time with them and then they're going home to the other parent at the end of the weekend sort of deal. Um, so it could, it could, it's, it, it could definitely be difficult. Um, I definitely utilize help. I have, uh, I will have an assistant trainer working with me as far as horse training goes. And that is definitely helps me out not only with helping me with working horses, and helping me with feeding or any chores, but I like riding with somebody, um, because we're able to work together, Mm -hmm. um, in the cult starting. And then also too, since I've had an assistant training position for almost a year and a half, being able to teach somebody else and guide them through the whole training process, it has, helped me as a teacher and honestly understanding my own program as well. So that's definitely the benefits. And I already know that I get to work from eight to six. That is my schedule for horse training. Mm -hmm. Now the influencer thing that is, I am still trying to figure that out because horse training kind of comes first. 
But now that I'm starting to get into some paid collaborations, you know, those will roll on the weekends and I have no problem doing batch photo shoots, but it is the reels, the try on, it's all that little extra stuff in between. I'm still trying to figure that out because that starts to leach into my horse training time. a little bit and so a lot of times when I do that is when at the end of the day after I pick up the kids at six you know we do our family time and then you know after eight o'clock when everyone goes to bed that's when western fashion influencer gets back on stage (laughs) and I kind of trying to do that um yeah and so that part um it's that part, I, I, I'll i have more of an idea how I'm going to work that out, but um, I get asked this question a year from now. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely been. Yeah. Kind it's, of different. It's a lot. And it's such an interesting, yeah. Like two completely different realms and things to, to try to navigate through. I'm sure. How mm-hmm. did you get started then with the Western like fashion influencing side of things? Like, did that just, did you always have the two separate accounts or was it kind of started as one and then you spread it out or how did you, how did you decide to start taking those steps in that direction? So this is really funny. Um, in 2017, I met Shaylee Ham West Desperado mm-hmm. at a wedding, a mutual friend's wedding. Really? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. But she was still kind of, you know, figuring things out. And I just happened to find her on Instagram. And at the time, my Instagram wasn't really anything. It was just a personal account. And I started following her stuff. And I'm like, that looks kind of fun. And at the time, 2017, I just, I had a rough year because um, I was training at a different facility and come to find out it was zoned as real residential. So I had 30 days to move my entire program and livelihood somewhere else because that was legally not allowed. So I had a lot of stress and kind of almost going through this whole depression stage. And so as I was following Shaylee, I started going to the gym and for my mental health. And mm-hmm. then I just started getting fit and then clothes were too big. And so I started getting into shopping and one thing led to another. Um, and so in the back of my mind, I always kind of wanted to do that because I think I, and I kind of noticed even in the horse training, I liked to post like inspiring stuff, even if it's something like I'm going through. Mm -hmm. So as I started doing that, I kind of started, I guess, incorporating it with the clothes stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I think it was in 2018, I was like, I'm going to make, I'm going to do a photo shoot and Mm -hmm. people are going to hire me. I did a photo shoot and I was thinking, hoping like one photo shoot was going to make people want to collaborate with me. And I found out the hard way that I spent a lot of money on a photo shoot and crickets. I was like, okay. So, you know, and then I, and then at the end of that year was what found out I was pregnant with, with um, Jace, you know, and went through that. 
and um about what a year and a half after post postpartum or so before Stetson I um met a friend of mine Carissa and so her IG page is for the love photo Mm -hmm. and I just was looking at her photos and I was like you know I kind of like just the way her editing and her style and you know and we live you know pretty close to each other and I said hey I really want to do this fashion stuff and I asked her I was like you want to you know maybe shoot together and so honestly ever since we kind of started hanging out that's when my page grew because you know we kind of have our own agreement where I could afford to be you know like basically afford to kind of try doing this like because all all my photos all my fashion stuff like that is self-funded yes you know like my photographer and I we we have a a good like business relationship and we make it work for each other Mm -hmm. but I will say like I'm definitely grateful for that partnership otherwise there's there's a good chance I still wouldn't be doing it Mm -hmm. because um and and the fun thing about doing it is that you know I'll see a cool photo and I'll say hey you know look at this this looks really cool let's recreate something and I just love the energy she has like her energy matches to my energy of how bad we want to get like that shot and you know and there's been many times the two of us will get up in the morning and we'll shoot all day. <laughs> we have shot all day long. And honestly, just for the love of just doing it, yeah. you know, and, and it has taken almost a year of myself purchasing all the clothes myself, you know, all purchasing her work and everything to finally have businesses actually say, Hey, I kind of like your stuff. Let's work together. It's yeah. taken that long. Yeah, I you know? I'd love to dive into that a little more because I think there is kind of a big misconception in that and I think what you thought, you know, a few years ago is how a lot of people think of, oh, okay, I'll just do this photo shoot and the photos will look really cool and then all these companies are going to reach out to me and they're going to hire me. But that's just not how it works. I think it's just people think it's easier than it is and um I love that you're bringing that like attention to that and just how you've invested your own money into all the clothes that you have. It's not, you know, people aren't just sending you thousands of dollars of free clothes all the time and, um, and the photography and everything else that goes with that. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, for somebody that is maybe wanting to step into that space and it, you know, doesn't really know where to start or, or, you know, do you have any advice or tips for what they should be doing? What kind of those first steps are to maybe get the ball rolling or, or how they can start to get traction? I mean, for someone starting out, everyone's going to look different because budget is a big thing. And so, you know, it, it's going to be, if there's certain brands that you potentially want to work with, make sure you're purchasing from them and tagging them for one. Good photos, you know, it, it's definitely it's it's definitely important. And so, um, you know, start out with your phone and just work from there. 
you know, but just remember uh, my photographer and I were talking about this because I bought myself an expensive camera, Mm -hmm. but it's not the same versus a human behind it. Mm -hmm. And so now my, my following has a certain expectation of me. (laughs) And so just remember that when you're building up, it's going to be something that that's going to kind of, that expectation is always going to kind of start being there. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just be present. And the thing is, is that my other advice is keep posting and you're not going to find where you belong on this platform until you kind of keep doing it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I first started doing this over a year ago of like consistently having photo shoots and posting online, uh, my style and my purpose was a little questionable. I probably looked like a lot of other influencers. Mm-hmm. And over time, I found that incorporating horses, horse training, like my lifestyle of how I am at home and incorporating that into my photos is what attracts people to me. Mm-hmm. And also too, I kind of gotten to the point where, um, you know, I follow some of my, you know, these other ladies on Instagram that basically kind of do the same thing that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. I started following influencers outside of Western fashion mm-hmm. and seeing that inspiration and then making it cowboy. And so this new, the last photo shoot I had just over this last weekend, all those pieces are inspiration of kind of like New York street style, but let's put a little bit of cowboy kind of touch to it. And so, and that was definitely the clothes that I'm wearing was completely out of my comfort zone. Something that I usually would never wear, but I thought, you know what, let's go ahead and just mix that up and, and let, let's see how, what people think of it. So, you know, I kind of like to, you kind of, I guess that leads into the next point is you have to kind of have put some sort of wow factor, whatever that is mm-hmm. to draw that attention. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's such a good point is almost get comfortable being uncomfortable because you know, the internet yep. in general is such a busy place and there is so much content being put out there every single day. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of noise and it doesn't mean that it's impossible to stand out, but it's just, you have to go that extra mile and do what other people are not willing to do or haven't tried yet. And so I think you brought up a really good point in like looking outside of the industry. I mean, I tell people that in whatever industry, you know, even as a photographer or something, it's like, don't just look at people that are doing exactly what you want to be doing or what you are doing. Look at people that are doing something completely different than you and see how they, Mm -hmm. how they've done something because, you know, you start to look like everybody else that is doing what you're doing. If you just keep doing what, you know, it's like this vicious cycle of everybody just blends together in your own industry. But if you can look outside of that, it's going to make you stand out more. So I think that's a really cool point. And, and yeah, like you've, you've definitely created like a little niche for yourself. Um, and I, I really love that. Cause yeah, you are, you I've noticed that too. Like one of the influencers that like actually incorporates, you know, the horses and horse training and things like that. Um, and I think that's really cool. And that definitely does 
like make you special and stand out. So as far as like, if with like the whole, just doing Western fashion and everything overall, what would you say has been your biggest learning experience with that? What has been the biggest thing that you've taken away from, from growing your account? Um, I know you like not too long ago hit 10 K. I mean, was there anything that you weren't expecting to happen that did, or that you weren't really, that you didn't like think would happen? Um, that would not happen. I felt like 10 K took forever to get there, like (laughs) forever. (laughs) And honestly, that was kind of luck. And just by just reels. Uh, one thing I have learned is not to worry so much about using reels to grow my account or engagement because usually like even by getting all those likes, those new follows, it ends up turning into a wash because the ne- next time that I post another reels or a photo, if it doesn't match up to that viral reels, then I just get a bunch of people unfollowing me. Mm. And so that was one thing I think currently that I have learned with that. And then also to actually, no, the number one thing that I've learned is that for things like I've, I've recently gained a sponsorship where I have received a saddle and um, that sponsor and I worked out a deal. And I had a lot of people ask me, oh, how did you get a free saddle? Well, first of all, it was not free. Yeah. But, you know, we made a good deal. And I started thinking about that. And I kind of realized that even if you receive discounted or free stuff, it's still cheaper to almost purchase that in the original amount with your money than it is actually to receive it as discount because it's going to consume so much of your time. Mm -hmm. you know if if you're looking at saving time or money you're almost gonna it's almost better just to buy that full price with your money that's one thing that I kind of learned um but I mean I like what I'm doing I like my I like the sponsors that I have but I definitely it but it, it it um introduces me to a whole new um whole new place where now I have this responsibility to maintain this good sponsorship with that brand Mm-hmm. So I've just added more stresses to my life. <laughs> so, so it's, so it's a one thing that we're going back to the whole balancing act again. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a really good point that I've never heard anybody say is that, you know, I think in everybody's heads, like, oh, free stuff. Like, that's so awesome. I want free stuff, but you don't realize the responsibility that actually comes with that. And what now this, this thing that you now hold, like you're, you're expected to, you know, keep up a certain standard. And and so I think that's probably something that not everybody realizes is part of just part of the, the job and and what you're doing. So that's a good, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I have, I have t-shirts from a brand that I received probably close to a month ago. And the stress has been there because, you know, it's part of a summer line. Well, I can't take photos with snow on the ground. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I've been keeping in contact. I'm like, Hey, I have your t-shirts ready to go. I'm just waiting for the snow to melt so I can give you the content you're asking of me. (laughs) So, you know, you, you got those little things in your back of your mind, those little tiny stresses and you know, it, it is what it is. And so, 
you know, I'm definitely kind of learning too with the whole Western fashion stuff about, you know, making sure to keep in good contact and keeping, keeping um, those brands in the loop of what's going on for, you know, situations like that. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's super important. Yeah, I know that's, it's definitely hard right now. We're in like second winter, it seems like I don't right. know. it always, it was like teasing me where I live a little bit. It was like warm for a while and now it's snowing again today. <laughs> <It never ends. laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Well, I love getting to learn more about you. I think this is going to be so helpful for people. Um, do you want to go ahead and let people know where they can find you online and follow you and check you out? Sure. So, um, yeah, they can follow me at Riata Rose on Instagram. And then I have Lucia Clementson Horsemanship on Instagram. And it's the same uh, for Facebook. I have a website. It will be luciaclementson.com and it should be launching sometime in March. <laughs> so I almost have that website done. Um, actually taken almost a year to do it, but <laughs> it's going to be good. I keep adding stuff to it. So um, yeah, so those are the places they can find me. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Branded Cowgirl podcast. To stay up to date on the show, give input, ask questions, and more, make sure to join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can also follow us on Instagram and check out all of the show notes by going to sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. That's sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. And if you have not yet, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that this show can continue to grow and get into the ears of more Western creatives just like you. All right, y'all, I will see you in the next one.